0: Welcome to the CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. It is ten days away from the big holiday of the year, and you are here live in Studio A of the uh, CHGO office in the West Loop
1: of Chicago. The big holiday I don't know. of the
0: year. Well, I saw like the Christmas tree. <laughs> we now have the Blackhawks Christmas tree in the background. There we go. We're dragging out, I guess, Christmas decorations. So, like, if, if, if I finally feel festive, I got my Black Friday merch for CHGO. So I'm feeling a. Uh, I'm feeling you know in the holiday spirit for the big
1: holiday of the year. For,
0: for the big holiday, <laughs> unnamed <I guess> <laughs> holiday, <laughs> the the holiday. Uh, it's like those the big game.
1: Yeah, the big game, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, That's Vinny Duber. (laughs) You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. The man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can can follow him on Twitter, at EcknerWall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Yeah, uh, if you are looking for a big holiday gift, uh, check out allCHGO.com. We do have gift memberships. You can get a shirt, sticker pack, and... uh, the membership card uh, for uh, Die Hard in your life. So if you are looking for a gift, uh, we do have some at all CHGO, but we're trying to give people a gift of a new outfielder. Um, well, David we Kaplan. don't have that power. No, uh,
1: <laughs> but Santa might, Santa might,
0: um, <laughs> and Santa might come early. According to David Kaplan, mm. uh, because he said within the 24, uh, 24 to eight out, 24 to 48 hours uh, from when he filmed the recap uh, last night. So even less than 24 to 48 hours wow. at this point, Here we uh, he said the white Sox. We'll have an outfielder. We'll have signed an outfielder. So we will go through all of the options and talk about that. And we also have a new second baseman in Baltimore. Uh, one of the options for the Sox. Now off the board, Adam Frazier, your guy. $8 million for one year
2: to Baltimore. Do you feel like the Sox missed out here on a gift no big holiday? No. I mean, I like the player, but $8 million seems attainable. But also, the options we have already could do what Adam Frazier's going to do in Baltimore. So why spend money unless it's a home run uh, at second base? And I don't think Adam Frazier for one year when he's, what, 32 years old, is the solution for the White Sox. So if they go and spend on the outfielders, I'll be fine with them going with uh, Roman Gonzalez and or Lennon Sosa and or Lurie Garcia because Adam Frazier is not an ass kicker like he used to be with Pittsburgh Pirates. Let's remember
1: this, too, when we talk about second base yeah, the White Sox need to upgrade over what they have currently, which is just kind of that amorphous collection of Romy Gonzalez's and, you know, maybe Yolbert Sanchai or something like that. <laughs> but um, but remember, too, it needs to be somebody who's an upgrade over Josh Harrison, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because Josh Harrison's the guy they decided to say, all right, uh, we're, we're we're not, we're not going to have another year of you. Uh, we, we think we can go out and get somebody better for that, that much money or, or around the same amount of money. Okay, they need they need to go get somebody that's better than Josh Harrison too, because if uh, you know they're sitting there in spring training, which is when they signed Josh Harrison last uh, or earlier this year, uh, and they're like, okay, we'll just take this guy that's available. Well, why didn't you just keep Josh Harrison for one more go around? So uh, they've got they've got a few things that they need to upgrade over. And like you
0: said, Harrison kind of gives a rare balance at second base right now where he gives you kind of at least average defense and average offense where the Sox now going into the waters of the four guys that they have here and even into the free agent trade waters they might just get a guy who's really good offensively but their defense might continue to suffer or they might get a guy who is great with a glove but can't hit anything um so it's really I mean that's basically Adam Frazier um you know that's that's really a a difficult boat they're, they're in so um I mean, Kevin brings this up and we have a lot Kevin of time Nash, to talk big, about sexy. Yeah, hey, yeah. talk about something big.
1: <laughs> don't uh, don't, don't talk back. Diesel. Don't talk back to the wolf pack <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> For life. For life. <laughs> um <laughs> Kevin Nash says, what are the odds the Sox do something we're not thinking about and move Moncada back to second base and sign slash trade for a third baseman? Uh, I guess the rumor that I saw that I think maybe will give some quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, legitimacy to it, um, Justin Turner's out there. His name's kind of getting some steam here. So if the White Sox signed Justin
1: Turner, would it be possible for them to move Moncada to second base? I think what is more likely and this is more to answer this question as a no than it is to (laughs) say that what I'm about to say is going to happen, I think it would be more likely that if they could find a taker for Johan Moncada, they would just trade him and go find a new second, or a new third baseman, excuse me, additionally having to find another second baseman, um, then move Moncada back to second. I don't see uh, another position switch as the reason or as the way to get Moncada's career back on track. I think he is thriving defensively at third base Um, and they believe or they believed when it happened that the move to third base actually unlocked something in him offensively as well in terms of overall focus and general ability to be involved in every aspect of the game. So, um, you know, you hear a lot from someone like Aloy who says that when he's playing left field, he feels more into the game and it helps him when he goes up to bat rather than just sitting around and waiting for your turn at bat. Moncada maybe felt a little similarly being over at second base when you're at third base you got to pay attention you got to be on your feet the hot corner for a reason say, uh, so Steven. I think I think they thought that that really benefited him all around I don't think that moving him back to a position where by the way he made a just gargantuan amount of errors that one right. that one year that one full season he played there at the major league level um, I don't think they think that that
2: is is a useful thing to do and Justin Turner now uh, 38 right now we just turned 38. Had a decent season last year in L.A. I think he hit, like, 285, uh, got on base 35% of the time. But you're going to be rolling dice on a guy that is – the Dodgers said no. You know, he went down from, I think, 27 home runs to about 15 home runs from 20, 2021 to 2022, so the power's uh, evading him. His highest home run year, it's three times he's said 27 home runs. I don't think that guy is still in there. I think, you know, the Dodgers saw the writing on the wall, and they have a lot of options out there that he can go to, Max Muncy can take over. I'm sure they have a third baseman down in the minor leagues. They said, okay, we appreciate your time, Justin Turner, but you are uh, on the other side of where we need you to be. Go somewhere else, and I don't think you're going to improve third base by having Justin Turner over Yohan Mankata. As Vinny said, there's nothing wrong with Yohan Mankata at third base. Sometimes a lackadaisical player too during the season, but as far as defense, he gloves it. Now, we can get him back to walking, we can get him back to striking the ball with authority, Yohan Moncada will be the player that we had in 2019 and 2021. I wish he would do that because his health has been pretty good the last couple of years except for the COVID bout he had in 2020. Right. And I
1: think when, when Rick Hahn talks about the internal improvement that they're expecting from so many of their players because so many guys had down years last year, I think more than anybody that applies to Johan Moncada because I think he, he really sees and the, the whole team, uh, the whole organization really sees Moncada as a guy that when he's on, he can help drive this thing. And, uh, you know, again, that's a lot, that's a, that's a bit of a big if right now, you know, because it's been three years now in a row where he has not been a hundred percent on the way he was in 2019. Still think I, I would still be of the opinion. he had a Very nice year in 2021. Oh yeah. But, um, you know, if they can get him back to just normal, they can get him back to just 2021 Moncada, that lineup's in a lot better shape. Again, it's a big if because of what we've seen, not just when he had to deal with uh with the COVID in 2020, but uh, what he went through last year in terms of production.
0: So first, uh, Jason's saying, what's the Turner rumor BS? Uh, I don't Justin Turner's name in the major league circles has picked up more steam just because the free agent market has gotten thinner. It's not been there's connected no, to the White Sox. There's no direct rumors, at least that I know of, that are legitimate connecting Justin Turner to the White Sox. You're just like, so, hey, how about this guy? Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, like, we have so much time to kill, and the White Sox seemingly won't sign anybody, but why not have the discussion? Because we have time, uh, you know? Let's let's talk about it. And two, like, Moncada, I think it's very interesting that the first name that Pedro Griffal brought up the only name the only name that he brought up was Juan moncada and we've seen with him and Mike Tozar in Kansas City then be credited with the helping or the, the boosting of Sal Perez's defense but also the renaissance or the ability that they were able to t- take Jorge Soler and turn him into a 48 home run uh hitter, uh, like a guy who finally had a healthy year in 2019 and was able to meet all of his expectations or all of that potential in a single year. I think there's still a lot of um exciting numbers around Moncada that could seem like there's a breakout still going on. All of his home runs last year wasn't, weren't a lot. All of them were just dead center. He didn't hit one, like pull one or push one at all. Like they were all within right and left center. So, like, I think there's something very odd about his swing that I don't think they were able to figure out with Frank Minikito. And hopefully new eyes, new coaches will be able to help something because I think there is something to the bat plane and him needing to just get a little bit more solid contact. I think he's getting under the ball a little bit more. Um, there's a flared and under button or under stat on StatCast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that those stats have risen recently. But, like, he's still striking the ball with authority. Um, his ability to discern balls from strikes is still there. So, like, there's nothing really sticking out that's, like, this is a bad baseball player. It's just, is he healthy and is he fully, like, did, did the past injuries since 2020, like, throw off his mechanics? So, like, what tweakings mm-hmm. need to be done? And if he is fully healthy, if those tweaks are made, what could a full healthy season look like? I still think that it could be you know, top seven, third base, like you've said before.
2: Now, I think that we discussed that Yoan Moncada in 2018 was a strikeout machine. Most of those were called third strikes just looking at a pitch. Vinny, you've reported that it was Jose Abreu that pretty much said to him, was like, dude, you got to be aggressive. You're too good of a hitter just to be taking 200 strikeouts in a season. And so that's gone, that element's gone, but I'm glad that Pedro Gruffal volunteered his name like you guys didn't ask him for that he's like this dude if we get him back to walking and get him back to Joan mancada status he's the key and i think you said that last year like if Joan mancada and Yasmani grandal get back to being themselves other stuff will take care of itself because if you're gonna get a healthy alloy you know he's gonna hit if you're gonna get a healthy luis you're not worried about the stats actually being produced Yoan. Has had a couple seasons where he's played majority of the games where the production wasn't there, so he just needs to get out of his own head, understand what pitchers are trying to do to him, and like you said, that is a weird, weird stat that he only hit a couple home runs and all of them the dead center for the most part. A guy like that who's a switch hitter and that ballpark should be hitting balls straight down the line, crushing them, and so I think that Yo Mancada and the help of Pedro Grafal and the new hitting coaches can get back to the level of 2021. That's all I'm asking. That was a top seven third baseman in the league 2021, which a lot of people were like, well, he didn't hit enough home runs type of thing. I want Yohan to glove it, get on base. That's all he needs to do. Glove it, get on base. If he does those two things, I think the White Sox are in a better position than most teams in the AL Central.
0: The glove's been there, so I'm not too worried about that part. And again, if they move him off second base, like I think something that helped him with third base, and he's always bragged about being a gold glover in Cuba at third base.
1: Tom. I don't think he's bragged, bragged uh, The the White Sox was bragged about. I
0: thought him. it was. I thought like he. I thought there was some story about him and Ricky, and like him to Ricky, he was like, oh, I'm I'm a gold glover. It was when Cuba. they
1: made that switch. You remember too? It was weird. They made that switch like in spring training. Mm-hmm. Like it was a few days into spring training, and we were like. Is, is Moncada playing third base now? All of a sudden, <laughs> and then like, yeah, he was. And I think, yeah, that was the that was the story that Ricky told back then was like, hey, could you do this? And he's like, yeah, I, I can do it. And White Sox, <laughs> I
2: get it. I get about Moncada and the lack of play every once in a while. But calm down, Jake Berger is not better than Yo Moncada at anything. No, I'll at- also tell you this: well, this, hit, the, hitting the home
0: mo- runs.
1: Well, last year, last year, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, uh, he was he was better at hitting home runs. The 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 Moncada uh, the Moncada let's call it body language debate has been going on for a long time. And guys, I think he's just one of those guys that looks like that. I mean, because like here's the thing. He, this is a guy who basically has been injured for the last three years and he's played a lot of games. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played all of them. He's, they've put him on the IL at times, but um, I specifically go back to 2021 when he was, when he told us in Houston, yeah, I'm hurt right now, but everybody else on the team is hurt too, and I'm the IL, so I have to keep playing. They need me. I mean, that's, he, he gets it. I mean, he didn't, he didn't have his locker next to Jose Abreu for all those years and, and not pick up the, you, you got to post for your team kind of thing. So, um, you know, the body language uh, is, is hard to ignore when all you're doing is is, is seeing him through, through a TV screen. But some more context, and uh, you know that, that he's not he's not the kind of guy who just is there to collect a paycheck, that's for sure. Right. Since 2018,
0: three players have played in 500 games. Mankata is second, just behind Abreu, but at 581. Um, Abreu is at 656, but, I mean, he's the only guy that's even clo- closing in on 600, too. So, like, I mean, he's he's a guy that is there each and every single day you might not be locked in on every single play like there's some times that he makes some like bonehead errors but I, I don't really buy I don't into think the it's whole, no
1: I don't think it's really any more than anybody else on the right, team right I agree, yeah.
0: <laughs> like there's it, he's not making an exceedingly amount more like the the baseball cue I don't think is that bad um, all right well anyways we do have a pretty long list of outfielders to get into, so let's tell you, uh, let's take a break first, and then we'll get into the outfielders. Uh, we have seven names. We'll probably get into some honorable mentions as well, um, but first, we got to let you know about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the front room, north or south side, east and west too, uh, with hoodies, slippers, science, it's, it's like that big. East side? Um... <laughs> Bobbleheads and everything in between. Get decked out like tomorrow with apparel from the leaders in sports, merch, and collectibles. FOCO, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O.com, or click the link in the description below. And for all non presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, check out FOCO.com, that's F-O-C-O, or click the link in the description below. For all non pre items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off off and our next partner is game time who uh game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to. you, you score see what the- he did there I he did. did the
1: bulls thing yeah yeah
0: good news over there a, l- a little a little quieter though <laughs> uh game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports to concerts and shows last time i did this read i was no strashanis and predicted the uh alex ovechkin hat trick so you what happened tonight I don't know. Who are they playing? Uh, The Las Vegas Golden Knights.
1: Whoever their best player is might get a hat trick. There you go. Watch out, folks.
0: (laughs) I mean, you could be there. You could be there on the ice. Uh, The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy, and you won't find a better deal this season on Blackhawks tickets, Bulls tickets, and even Bears tickets. They're created by the fans, for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. So if you love CHGL, then you'll love game time and the best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Okay, saw your
2: hand moving. Wasn't sure if you. Oh, if I had a question, no, good. no, you're space. I'm out. trying to think of a Golden Knight. <laughs> I don't have one. They Mark they Stone, won. Phil Kessel. Is Phil Kessel a knight? He, he just went there. Apparently, I, don't I think he so. likes hot dogs. I know that they won the
1: Stanley Cup not too long ago, like, right? Yeah. i'm not sure i could no, name they anyone were, that's ever played for that. So team. they uh <laughs> they
0: they went to the cup in their first year but they lost. They
1: yeah. won they won the pennant. They won the equivalent of the pennant. The Western Conference pennant. There you go. Yes.
2: They won um, the the Jennings trophy or the Conn Smythe trophy. I don't know which one they have for the Western Conference. Conn
1: Smythe is the Stanley Cup MVP. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Lady like, Bing, that's a good one. That's yeah, the that's sportsmanship like, that's, award. Yeah, that's the yeah.
0: nice guy. Yeah, um, Steve Yzerman. Baseball needs these.
1: Baseball needs these it's awards like, that aren't that are named after people that no one ever knows who they are. Right. Yeah. Well, and the Clarence like, Campbell Award. Yeah. Well,
0: the NBA just named all their their awards and stuff like yeah. that. And I, I mean, that's fine, whatever. But like people who are saying like, oh, they should change the logo. Like Jerry West didn't make a lot of money. You know what he gets? He gets the logo. All right. He didn't get to well, make also like sixty five million. It just looks like a person.
1: Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like it's someone like had they had they given it like if they made it like Rodman was the logo. Like you'd be able to be like, oh, that's Dennis Rodman in the logo right there. <laughs> but the Jerry West is the NBA logo. It just looks like a guy playing basketball. Right. Uh, who's the base? Who's the MLB logo? I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, isn't the that the whole thing? It's like a switch hitter.
2: Yeah, it's weird. You don't know if he's batting you don't left know or if right. He's
1: righty or lefty.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. it's. It's so confusing. It's mm. pretty cool. Yeah, they should make it a specific person. Mm. Oh yeah,
3: Famer a- Harmon Killebrew.
2: Well, Harmon Killebrew, right?
3: Harmon Killebrew. I don't know why it <laughs> says Famer Hall oh, of. He's famer. a Hall of Famer. Hall yeah. of Famer Harmon Killebrew. Yeah. I was like, is
1: that a different? Harmon Killebrew is the logo.
0: Interesting. Hmm. That's looks cool. like Farmer Harmon Famer. Fun. I know it says Famer, but it also looks like Farmer. Farmer. Harman. That really
3: threw me off, and I'm a little um, bit
0: embarrassed. Well, don't worry, Joey. Let's go to the pre-planned stuff. Uh, let's go to the uh, outfielders. Sean's the moving White this Sox along. Doesn't get... want
1: this change the MLB logo conversation. No big time Harmon Kilbrew Well, I think if we're why would you change the MLB logo? If you were, what would you change it to? It'd have to be something recognizable. That's the thing. Like King that, again. Jr. So just turn the hat around. Yeah, <laughs> just have yeah. That'd be and good actually. Have his pose the, the, the little backswing. Yeah, that actually would be really cool. That's a good call. That's like really the only other one.
0: Like what else are you going to do? Like Craig council and make it like 20 times bigger. Kirk,
1: You could do Kirk Gibson,
2: Kirk Gibson fist pump. That's
1: you know, TA doing this, but
0: I don't T- know how you're going to get T- the A- hands. Yeah.
2: You're right. <laughs> of um, yeah. Born in the same town to stand the man usual Denora, Pennsylvania, and wasn't it like
0: fifty years exactly apart or something like that? Something like that. I think they have like the same birthday too. Um, yeah, I mean, J- Jason J says uh, Kevin Euclis KPW is going Ken Griffey swing.
1: Ooh, Jose Bautista bat flip. That's a Ooh. good one. I like that. What well, about the Jose Bautista Rugneto door fight? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Ooh we're, we're, I like that. Rugner gave him a one two piece.
2: <laughs> hey, he's With a, a free agent. Ugh, I'm free good. agent second baseman. Both of them. Are. I mean, we could just have them in for fighting. We could
1: have Bautista and left in left and Ordor at second. Is Jose Bautista doing one of those, like, uh, Rafael Palmero, I'm 50 comeback kind of things? I, if if anyone will, it's him. <laughs> it's Jose yeah. Bautista? He All follows right. me
0: on Twitter. Does he, he just started you know. guys on Twitter? No. Oh, no. no, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he follows everybody. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that
1: Orioles logo that Joey's pulled up there being the uh, new baseball logo. That'd be pretty cool.
0: Well, I am surprised
3: that nobody's made, like, the fat flip logo. Well, you know, it's
1: like overrated.
3: What? Yeah, but it would be yeah. cool. That would be no, the greatest that be
0: postseason bat flip of all time is Tom Lawless in the 1987 World Series. Thank you very much.
3: Like, you get a lot of good NBA alternate logos. Oh, I made. see, you sure. see like, Yeah, you could use some art for the.
1: But again, like, if you made if in that picture of Kobe that you had on the screen, yeah. he's just dribbling. So, like, right. if you made that a silhouette, it would just be a bald guy dribbling, which Correct. it currently is.
3: Years and years from now, people wouldn't be, oh, that's Kobe. Right. But at the beginning, it would be like a big honor. Yeah, that's true. Jerry West the logo for the NBA has long said I, I want somebody else to be the logo now. I don't want I don't want to be
0: the logo anymore.
1: Shaq bringing the hoop down, that'd be a good NBA. All right, logo. Sean, get in your get in your hey, wait, see.
3: I
0: mean, do we not want to do NFL? No. Okay. You guys don't want to do hockey? No. Okay, fine. All right, let's go into uh, the outfielders. We are starting this conversation where this is I guess uh, stemming off of David Kaplan on his YouTube channel on Recap or I think it's The Recap uh, said that He has heard that in the next 24 to 48 hours, the White Sox will sign an outfielder. And I think he used the words like Joey Gallo. So like, I think is the operative word there. Um, Like Joey Gallo, again, within the next 24 to 48 hours. So basically, we're going to go through all the free agent options and just say which one, if the White Sox do sign a free agent this weekend, uh, will be the best one. Do we think that it's likely that they'll sign a free agent this weekend?
2: Cap has his sources, so I'm not going to doubt his uh, his credibility. I'm pretty sure he's locked in, knows people who know people, so I'm not going to doubt that. I think that he is probably pretty much right on. Okay.
1: We'll see. You know what I mean? The stuff gets reported by reliable folks and reliable sources all the time, and then – it doesn't mean yeah. that it happens. So, Gomez? Yeah. No, no, no fault
2: of the source. So we'll see. Yeah, no White fault Sox of the fans, source. But. Nelson Cruz is coming to Chicago, <laughs> signing the deal tomorrow. Every did you, year. Did yeah. you not see? He said
0: he wanted to play for the White Sox. Well, he didn't want to play for the White Sox enough. Well, I think he, <laughs> he would also say that for any uh, right. 2019. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, well,
2: if I was a national, I wanted to play for the White Sox, too. Well, he's a free agent.
0: You know? Anyone um, who will offer me money. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um So, Nelson Cruz isn't on this list because he can't play the outfield. We learned that in 2011. Um, So, let's go through some of these options first. Uh, Joey Gallo was the name that David Kaplan said. So, let's go with the needs that the White Sox have. They have a need for an outfielder. They need somebody who has power. They need somebody who plays good defense. And I think that they need a lefty hitter. That's something that Rick Hans brought up a lot this offseason. Joey Gallo seems to
2: check all the boxes, no? He does. Um, I just... I don't necessarily care about strikeouts. They're just another out to me. But I know a lot of people who are White Sox fans do care about strikeouts, especially if he's going to be a lefty free agent brought in. They'll automatically bring him back to Adam Dunn or Adam LaRoche and say, oh, he's just some strikeout uh, guy. And, yeah, good 30 home runs, but he's hitting 185. That's the stuff I want to avoid. He is what he is. He's a low 200 hitter. He'll get on base via the walk or home run and he'll play a good defense. The guy I think will be not a home run hit, a home run for this uh free agency, but he'll be a nice uh Get for the White Sox if they can get Joey Gallo. As you said, all three of the things that the White Sox specifically need, he checks all the boxes.
1: If the White Sox end up with Joey Gallo, Herb, he better be more than a home run. He better be about uh, twenty-five or thirty of them at the at the very least. You. But uh, Edmund, yeah. here's the thing: Joey Gallo, I think, would probably make a lot of sense because of the reasons you said, Sean. Look at all those kind of non-specific needs that they have. They need somebody to fill them, and if they only have those two spots on the field open—left field and second base. Well, then you got to address those things somehow. Um, And so I think that having somebody who is not bad at any of those things is probably a very good thing for the White Sox. Here's the thing. Joey Gallo didn't hit 200 last year. Like, it's one thing if he goes out and hits 300 and hits or – I'm sorry, if he goes out and hits 30 homers with a 220 batting average, okay. If he goes out and hits 24 homers with a 190 batting average – that's a little less okay and i think still 7 more than last year's leader absolutely but remember they were they were they were not good last year so that's they need true. to they need to get a <laughs> lot better than they were last year is adding 24 home runs at the expense of some other things you can do offensively worth it i think a lot of people would say yes considering it's a big need for this team but i think if you go back very much if you go back to some of the things we were talking about in the preseason last year when we were picking six or seven guys in that lineup to hit 20 home runs, and then none of them did. Um, but here's the thing, Herb. The, the, you're chuckling. You're more than chuckling. You're cracking up. But the, the expectation for those guys this year should be about the same, right? Yeah. You are going to expect Aloy Jimenez to hit a lot of home runs mm-hmm. and Andrew Vaughn to hit a lot of home runs and Luis Robert to hit a lot of home runs. You know, you need – if. If you're expecting those guys to do those things, you need everybody that you're going to be bringing up to, to not have that margin for error either. Joey Gallo would be a good fit. The question is, is he going to be a good enough fit?
0: Well, out of those three categories, like, what's the most important need? Is it defensive uh, ability in the outfield? Is it them being a
1: left-hander, or is it power? It's power, and that's why I think that would be a good, a good fit. Yeah. Because the thing he does the best is hit balls a mile. And that's what this White Sox team needs because if those guys don't do that again, you know, if you're only getting 16 home runs from a lot of these guys, you need that power to come from somewhere. And you know what? Rick Hahn thinks the same thing. It's the thing he's been talking about uh, for months now as the, as the biggest reason this team didn't do what it was supposed to do was their problems offensively. Joey Gallo at least
2: gives you a big boost in one offensive area, which is good. And so, with the power, too, like, if that actually shows up, you know the defense is, at minimum, is going to be a wash, which coming up from Andrew Vaughn in left field is going to be that much better for the White Sox, a person that could actually catch the ball when it's hit to him, catch balls that are in front of him. What was Andrew Vaughn in the, what, one oh, five-star catch yeah. or whatever it was? He was just really woefully bad at left field. Joey Gallo is a much-improved outfielder. He's a actual outfielder and you feel the power bat shows up, I think it's well worth it. No matter how much they sign them for two gold gloves, is that right for Joey Gallo?
1: Um I think so.
0: Hey Yomer Sanchez has a gold glove. Um and then they true. released
2: them immediately.
0: Get off my two team, gold two, two gold all-stars. gloves and two all stars. That's um, pretty good. One all- But here's
1: but here's the thing. And I, I when you when you talk about Joey Gallo, like that's not the guy that like Fixes this team kind of thing, right? It's the guy who's still out there. And I think when you've got White Sox fans in our chat arguing whether he's better than Gavin Sheets, Oof. That, that should, tell you, no, that should tell you that maybe this is not the slam dunk kind of signing that the White Sox need he, to boost a lineup that just lost its best hitter, this guy right here.
0: Gavin Sheets will not win a gold glove in left or right field. I think I can say that fairly confidently. Oh, sure. And we have not seen Joey Gallo level power of from Gavin Sheets. Like Joey Gallo's floor of power, which would be about nineteen home runs last year, would be Gavin Sheets' career high. So, I mean, I just think that there's completely different high ceilings and floors with those players, so I would push back that they already have Gavin Sheets on that. This the, chat, is clearly- the chat
3: likes Gallo. Uh, they have said 82% of the chat thinks the Sox should sign Gallo. Okay. 70% thinks they will.
2: And I, thought, I think that's also part of being a White Sox fan. Like, this is not a home run hire. It's not a home run... Uh, Acquisition, but we're in the position that we're in because we're the whites. We're White Sox fans, so Joey Gallo is a very, very uh, like. It's interesting. It's like, oh my God, if we get Joey Gallo, he can do X, Y, and Z, which it shouldn't be. We should be signing people like Brandon Nimmo with some certainty. you, and it's
0: already gone. If you wanted to fill all those boxes, you wouldn't have been able to fill defense with Kyle Schwarber, but the power would have made up for oh, it alone. God. He did hit 48 I home runs so last year. That would have helped a lot for the White Sox. Sean's never dropping this one, I don't know. No, oh. and I won't drop Rodon either because that just it just didn't make sense. Like for That a was team, the
2: guy they actually had on their team, yes. at least. Yeah, right. They could have qualified him. <laughs> and there's a good point by uh, Jordan. Uh, he says Gallagher hit 220 or more with no shift. The shift is gone now, so... Well, a b- a guy who hits the ball really hard. Should help Yasmani Grandal out a here, lot, too. Here's
0: the thing that I want to sell people on strictly. He, out of the players that we're talking about here, he, yes, he has the most war. Great. Um, and that speaks to his defense here. But he, by far, by f- basically 4%, but no, by exactly 4%, uh, has 4% better barrel percentage than any of these other guys. Adam Duvall is second on the list at 14.8%. Duvall! Um, and for him hitting the ball as hard as he does and getting the barrel on the ball as much as he does, his fly balls will sail out of guaranteed rate field. We talked about Mike Yastrzemski and the effects that that had on him, and obviously he's in the worst park for left-handed hitters being an oracle. Um, don't tell Barry Bonds that. But he had 73 home runs that Yastrzemski would have been 98 um, for the White Sox. Gallo, very similar. Would You'd see a similar boost there as well. Um, but even for home run fly ball rate, um, when you adjust that to like turn that into a way to runs created plus uh, stat, his fly home run to fly ball ratio, 158. What the White Sox need is ball in the air. I don't think his batting average would go up that much because what he does well is hits fly balls. He hits fly balls and line drives. He doesn't really grind out. He strikes out a ton. He walks, but he's not really going to ground into double plays. Moncada never really do- grounded into double plays. Gallo do- doesn't uh, ground into double plays. So, like, you're getting a guy who is strictly going to be searching for home runs consistently. Um, career stats, if you look at the true, uh, the three true co- the three true outcomes: mm-hmm. uh, home runs, walks, and and uh, strikeouts. If you take that into a percentage of like every single at bat, Joey Gallo is the leader in Major League history at fifty eight point three percent. Damn, Miguel Sano is behind him at fifty three percent. So he has a lead by five percent in all of Major League Baseball's history since eighteen seventy one. That's so a lot of guy, flyouts. This guy, it's a <laughs> lot of flyouts. But with the White Sox. I mean, even Rick Hunt said it: ball in air. Joey Gallo puts the ball in air. Yeah. That's why I think that it's not a Kyle Schwarber home run signing, but you sat on your hands to sign <laughs> Kyle Schwarber. Um, so that's why I think Gallo might be a, a good replacement here because I don't really care about the the, the so batting Kyle's, average. His weighted yeah. runs created plus over that time is 111. That's an above average
2: hitter. Sure. So I, I like the signing. Yeah, he's an imperfect player, but he comes here establishes his market again, maybe goes somewhere else or the White Sox sign him to a longer term deal because I'm thinking that he's looking for a one year, two year deal here to Mm -hmm. reestablish his market and be the Joey Gallo that was 40 home runs a year Texas Rangers guy.
0: When we started this CHGO thing nine months ago, uh, we talked about one guy basically for the first two weeks, and that's Michael Conforto. He was a free agent. We really weren't sure what his market was, and he stayed a free agent throughout 2022 because of an injury, and we will go to Conforto next. This is from Anthony DiComo. Michael Conforto, and this was from today, Michael Conforto is seeking a short-term contract of, quote, probably a couple years with an opt-out, end quote, according to his agent, Scott Boris. After missing all of this season with a shoulder injury, uh, Conforto is, quote, back to full health per Boris and talking to a number of teams. So uh, what do we expect for Conforto? I would think that the White Sox, especially if we're talking about Gallo trying to rebuild his market, Conforto would be in the same boat here. Uh, Power, defense, and lefty, he checks all the boxes.
1: Who in their Uh, right mind is giving Michael Conforto a multi-year contract with an opt-out in it?
2: His opt-out, no. No, he couldn't opt-out. I would give him a team option. I don't know, somebody who's desperate. It's
1: a one-year deal with a team option, right? Or a one-year—I'm sorry—a one-year deal. It's a prove-it yeah. deal. He missed yes. all of last year. Oh yeah, people don't know if he's healthy enough to play. He should—he's get getting a one-year deal, right? He, he Am I get, wrong? He
0: should get the <laughs> Carlos Rodon deal, which was one year, and if you hurt, hit all these certain escalate or escalators, like you can opt out. Um and that was a Boris deal that he did like if he reached a if Redondo, You mean the
1: thing that he just got from San Francisco? Yeah,
0: if if if, if That Re- was a
1: th- wasn't that a 3 year with an opt out or 2 year with an opt
0: out? It was a, a, a I want to say 2 year but like the 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 stipulation was if he pitched 120 plus innings in 2022 which he did he was able to opt out and that's why he's a free agent. Um but like if Conforto plays like 130 games that should be written to his
1: contract, like, he should be able to opt out. Like just well, meet, I'm just meet, saying, meet like, game. but a team yeah. doesn't know what he's going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, it's very it's very easy for Scott Boris to say we're looking for a multi-year deal mm-hmm. with opt-outs in it. It's very easy for Scott Boris to say he's fully healthy, go ahead. But, like, the team doesn't – you don't know what you're going to get for a guy who hasn't played in, in in over a year. So, again, that that doesn't – it doesn't strike me as this, like,
2: huge, like – you know, he's going to sign a prove-it deal. Mm -hmm. That would make the most sense. And also, I'm just looking at his stats, like, awesome 2019. Man, just, like, tearing the ball off the cover, or the cover off the ball. And 2020 played most of the games, and then in 2021, the last year he played, wasn't offensively great. So are you getting that player that left the last time he played, he was this player who wasn't as great as he was in 2019, and is he healthy? So there's a lot of questions that you got with Michael Conforto. I think the there's no question if Joey Gallo goes to a team, especially the White Sox with a short right-field porch, he's going to hit X amount of home runs. He's going to give you value. You don't know if this is a degenerative shoulder problem, if the shoulder problem uh is zaps him in his power. You don't know if he can field anymore. He's missed a full year. Or he might just uh, need three months to get back into the swing of things, mm-hmm. and you've already played three months of games that count towards your record for winning the division. Yeah, and you don't see the Mets sniffing around him. If he was so good, you know, maybe he they would go back there. And his market would be set already. You would say, okay, I want Mike, Mike Conforto. Now, if the Mike Conforto 2019 shows up and give me those certainties, I'm signing him. He's signing for a larger contract maybe up there in the Brandon Nimmo uh, money atmosphere but the reason why he's doing this because he missed a full year and this 2021 wasn't that great. So it's a big question mark to get Michael Ford. Would I sign him as a White Sox? Yes. It would be probably my first or second choice, but you don't know what you're going to get from him because the ceiling's high, but the floor is low too on that guy.
0: I don't, I don't know if I'm too worried about the shoulder injury. Um, what I thought was happening, and I understand he got surgery for it, but I thought it, he like – physically injured it i thought there was a rumor that he heard it at a wedding or something yeah yeah like
2: a um like yeah at a was wedding like
0: playing football or something like i don't know i thought he was doing something stupid um so i don't know if it's like a degenerative issue and two like in 2021 he was still above average like, yeah. uh, he was still an above average way to runs career plus hitter um and he still hit the ball well like the white Sox would still be getting a guy who has a 10 percent walk rate uh, above that you know he still has a, a maintainable strikeout rate um and he is a good fielder like I think the biggest issue is again what, what does the contract look like? But if Rodon, coming off of where you know the, the White Sox didn't uh, qualif- give him a qualifying offer, um, and he got two years forty four from the Giants, like there's no way he's getting more than the qualifying offer for the first year. So I would assume it'd be like one year twelve million. It'd have to be less than what Bellinger's getting, and Bellinger got twelve years plus the five and a half million buyout. So I would assume that you'd be looking at like similar to
2: Clevenger's deal. $8 million guaranteed, a $4 million buyout, and you can walk next I year. I think he's making more money than Bellinger. I mean, Scott, Boris, really? Yeah, I think he will make more money overall. I mean, in the contract this year, we'll make more money. It might be slightly more. It might be $13 million instead of Scott million.
0: Scott Boris is Cody
1: Bellinger's agent. Well, okay. uh, my my point. So
0: they're but the, I'm same, the same agent.
2: But I'm saying, like, that player was two years of playing bad with a shoulder injury. And Mike Conforta's was like, I'm going to sit out this year and not be coding Bellinger and play bad and still get a 12 million dollar deal. You saying you're saying like the shoulder should be got fine. And that's what Scott Boras is saying. Hey, here's a workout. He's fine. Arms good, hitting's good. He should get paid at this level of the market because if he was a free agent last year without the shoulder problem, he would have got X Y and Z. And I understand your 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 qualms here, but this player is still an elite player in his prime years. You should sign him for this number. Cody Bellinger, that would it takes a lot of convincing to take a team to Sign him for a $12 million deal, which the Cubs did. I would have been fine if the White Sox would have signed him too, but question marks still lingered for him and they'll linger until he does Cody Bellinger things again. I think Michael Conforto is more of a certainty than Cody Bellinger. But I think he'll make more money in the free uh, free agent market. I think thirteen to fifteen million dollars a year. What what I'll say no. about this is I, I
0: think I think if he, he got that deal, he would already be signed. I mean, I think right. that he, yes. he, I think if you have it flipped. I think it's harder to convince people about Conforto than it is Bellinger. I mean,
1: Bellinger won an MVP at some rate. Well, like and Bellinger wasn't so hurt that he didn't play one right. season. I, I, what I'll say is this too: as we go through this list, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of guys where we're like. Mm, but it's because this is who's left. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean this is this is the this is the these are the waters they wanna swim in, then they're gonna get Herb what you called Gallo an imperfect solution. Doesn't mean it can't work. Yeah. Or doesn't mean it can't be a big failure like Adam Eaton was. You know what I mean? But this is this is the crop that they've got to deal with otherwise there's going to still be waiting to to get in that trade market and there's problems there as we discussed as well.
0: Our guy so made it very clear that Aaron Judge was available to sign that he just to sign him. <laughs>
1: Aaron Judge was out there. Um
0: we still got a couple <laughs> more guys we still got five shining stars left to get to. How
2: about the Cubs just not offering Carlos Correa anything? Oh, that's hilarious. Just ridiculous. I don't want to get into it <laughs> cuz so I think Cody's funny. still within earshot. Yeah, Sorry, Cody's Cody. still over there.
0: Um When I heard that, because I didn't hear that until I was sitting in Studio B and I heard, I was listening to the CHGO Cubs show from here, and Luke mentioned that that was the report from Gordon Wittemeyer, and I let out an audible laugh just because, like, if if they, like, then Luke went into a thought like, then the Cubs probably have Swanson as their number one, and it's like, if Swanson was their number 1. They should have already just signed him at this yeah, point. Like, they they going to pay If they aren't even offering deals to Carlos Correa, then why don't you just go sign Dance Me Swanson before I don't know someone else does?
2: Oh, there's going to be a <laughs> there's going to be an overpayment. I hate the word overpayment because you the market dictates what you're supposed to be paid. If they wanted Dance Me Swanson all this time, they should have offered him what he was worth at the time before all these uh, shortstop sign because now you got the Yankees sniffing, you got the the Braves sniffing, you got the Dodgers sniffing, Red Sox, apparently. Red Sox sniffing. You got a lot of teams that would money. The Twins sniffing, who just lost out on Carlos Correa. You don't think they'll throw real money at Dansby Swanson. So, yeah, it was dumb for the Cubs. We're uh, in misery here in this city for baseball teams.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, over the past
2: 100 years, the White Sox have
0: won one World Series, the Cubs have won one World Series. It's a loser baseball town, folks. Oh,
1: I thought you were going to say it is a Deadlock tie. No, no, Someone's no. got to break
0: it. They Here bo- we go. 2023. I think we're, I, I think we're 3-3 in the uh, World
2: Series Championship.
0: As Carlos Sembrano says, we stinks. Um, as we... We, we're going to take a break here. Uh, we got five more shining stars to talk about uh, that the White Sox could sign. Um, also, I think Joey put in the chat. I think we have like what 138 people listening, but only 26 likes. Uh, so, as we take this break, please hit the thumbs up button. That would uh, help us immensely. Uh, but for these five sh- sh- shining stars coming up, uh, you'll need to cover your face with sh- shady rays. Uh, they never understood why sunglasses Ooh, were so expensive. It's a bit so of a this- walk,
1: but I think it works. It works. <laughs> it's a stretch.
0: Um, future's so bright. Got to wear Shady Rays. Yeah. Um, they never understood why sunglasses were Tim so Rock expensive. is
2: calling you right now and cease and desist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they don't have my number. Uh, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. Vinny got his sweet 50s, 60s white shades, right? You know, they used to put the what, the wheel... What's the white thing on the wheel? From like old
1: White wall tires? Is that white what wall you're going tires? for? Yeah. Yeah. You basically got with the white wall tires
0: of <laughs> the Shady Rays. Um, and Shady Rays uh, stand behind their product, and they told their team if anyone has a product with their fantastic shades, they will throw out profit uh, out the window and do what it takes to get it right. And they offer free re- returns and exchanges. You'll either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. So that's it. And exclusively for our listeners, they're running their deepest deal of the season, Use the code CHGO for fifty percent off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as fifty-four dollars and redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. So, if you're looking for a, a holiday gift for dad, or maybe mom and dad, you can get buy one, get one free, and be like, "Here you go, here's here you go, mom. Here you go, dad. And there you go, you got you got your Christmas presents all knocked out." So, check no out ShadyRays.com.
1: Neither of them need to know. Who was Which one was free? Exactly. They both think you, you broke the bank for these beautiful shades.
0: You got 50% off two or more pairs. You know, It's just a great deal. Uh, but ShadyRays.com, uh, code CHGO again for 50% off two or more pairs. Uh, thank you, Shady Rays, for supporting us this holiday season. Uh, and then next up, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, they power this show, and uh, they power CHGO Bets. And DraftKings Sportsbooks is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, where they have games on Saturday and Sunday this week week they're my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season and tonight they have a boost DraftKings Sportsbook for Christian McCaffrey to score a touchdown against the Seahawks it's at minus 145 boosted to plus 100 McCaffrey scores a lot of touchdowns and you can get plus money on that you can max out a Bet of $50, and if you win, you get $100. It's as simple as that. Uh, Also, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So, again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use code CHGO, and place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's go into the other crop here. And those were two perfect guys. They checked all the boxes. All three. In Porto and Gallo. Yep. Yeah. Only three uh, we have. Uh, but let's go to the next one. Michael Brantley. He is a lefty. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, but the power, not so much and doesn't really play defense. Do you see Brantley being a possibility?
2: I don't, but I love the player. The player is awesome because he can hit. Um, but the problem with Brantley would be the problem with most White Sox who are currently on the team health. He missed most of the season last year for the Houston Astros. Did collect a ring, but he can barely stay on the field. He'd be like 36 years old next year. So. I'm good, even though I love the player. i will root for him wherever he's at, even though even though he was an Astro, I still rooted for him. So I love the guy, but I don't think he's a fit for the White Sox. It'd just be more of the same. And I don't know if his defense would act I mean it would be an improvement from uh, Andrew Vaughn, but he might get hurt too, so you'll lose him for most of the season. Yeah, I think uh, what turns
3: out Ryan says he loves you. Sorry, you wanna say.
2: I also love you, Ryan.
1: Yeah, ahead, I think Andy. what jumps out to me is Herb a little bit of what you said. Imagine had the White Sox hit with the power they were expected to in, in last year, and now we're looking for a left fielder this year. Brantley kind of complements that because he's a great hitter. We know yes. he hits right, but in a year where in an offseason where they need to add power because they're lacking in that department, Brantley probably doesn't really fill that need. If you know they had no problem hitting a bunch of singles last year, <laughs> uh, Brantley probably just adds to that. Maybe if you're if you're the White Sox and you're very confident that the power is gonna come from Aloy and Vaughn and Robert, uh, you know, if you're gonna get twenty homers from TA or, you know, twenty homers from Yasmani Grandal and you think, okay, we just need to, to make the offense better. Brantley makes the offense better, but he doesn't necessarily do a lot to help you from a power standpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean he is very good at making contact. Out of all of the players that we're looking through, uh, he has the highest Z contact. That's zone contact. It's so a contact. It's a contact. Yeah. When he takes the the contact a contact is good. When he takes a swing and he makes contact with that ball, or uh, when he takes a swing at a ball in the zone. He makes contact 95% of the that's time. That's
1: really good. That's really good. That's <laughs> really good. That's,
0: that's
2: what they call elite. I um, might
1: not I might not be shaking I might not be shaking my head if I were you at Mike the idea of Michael Brantley.
2: And all these well, guys, out of all these guys, he's got the highest on base percentage too, uh, yes. Michael Brantley. He's still getting on at a 37% clip, so which is
0: elite. It's awesome. Walks 11 11.7% of the time and that contact rate um I no, I'm sorry. That that uh he walks where is he? Uh, 8.2% of the time, but with his uh, you know, average, uh, that does jump up his OBP. Um, but my biggest issue with him is just he is not really a fly ball hitter. Um, he has nice line drives, but I think that power is you know, probably too much of a gap there that the White Sox could actually stomach. And then also I think that defense probably just makes him a designated hitter and forces Aloy out to left field, which I don't want.
1: Yeah, it's probably not the best solution. But again, you know, none of these are perfect solutions right now it really seems so if the best available solution is add the guy who you know is going to be on base a bunch for you (laughs) and cross your fingers and hope that Aloy can can figure out how to not uh, hurt himself out in left field then maybe you've got an improved lineup there but uh you know there are maybe other guys that that address some bigger needs for the team
2: that's a signing like we did with Josh Harrison it's March it's February March you haven't addressed left field necessarily or designate a hitter and Michael Brantley's still on the market, sign him type of thing. Not going out and signing Michael Brantley now or January or even the beginning of February. This is a thing where, man, Michael Brantley's pretty good. We haven't necessarily addressed where we need to be. That would be a nice uh, insurance policy just in case, you know, we need a player out there. We don't want Gavin Sheets out there to be playing 100-plus games.
0: If he's the Johnny Cueto, I'm fine.
1: Well, I'll tell you this. If – I would be far more I would be far more confident in Brantley's ability to be able to help this team out and and really produce as the late late off-season signing left fielder than I was in Josh Harrison's ability to help yeah. and produce as the late offseason second base signing last year i don't know how he
0: fits but he's good right yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go to the next guy and uh joey just just throw one of the guys up there i trust oh you. um we're gonna go andrew benatendi uh clean shaven andrew benatendi mm. uh, the defense No. the power doesn't really match up uh if we're looking at the seven players that we have in here andrew benatendi has the lowest amount of home runs with 35 and the defense Car- that's career. Uh, no, uh, since, sorry, since 2019. Okay. Uh, since 2019, he has uh, only 40 home runs. Or No, I'm sorry, he has uh, 35 home runs, uh, which is the lowest out of the seven that we're talking about here. But I did use A.J. Pollock as a base here. Um, okay. So if they're replacing A.J. Pollock, A.J. Pollock since 2019 has a defensive number on fan at minus 26.6. Ben Attendi is the fourth best outfielder on this list uh, behind Adam Duvall, Joey Gallo, and Michael Conforto. Duvall and Gallo are the only players with positive defensive numbers. Conforto's at minus 6.7. Ben Attendee's at 15, minus 15.3. Uh, Pollock's at tw- minus 26.6. So even though he's better than AJ Pollock, I don't know if he's good at defense.
3: Kevin Nash had an interesting comment. Big Sexy. Yeah, isn't that B- Diesel from WWE? Diesel, big Sexy, yeah. Big, right. big Sexy a, from WCW. I didn't, yeah. That was way before my time, but yeah. I was like,
1: I is he commenting here? Don't talk back to the Wolfpack law. For when you guys get to there. Oh.
3: Didn't Han ask for Ben Attendee from Boston in the sale trade before landing on Moncada? Wonder if going for their guy would open up Jerry's purse strings a little bit for him.
0: Thoughts? I don't know if they need to open up the purse strings. I mean, the reported number that they have left, if we're doing the math right, is $15 million. I don't think Andrew Ben Attendee is going to cost $15 million a year. He'll be around there. But yeah, like, but I don't, I don't think they're going to like... Yeah. I don't. If they liked Andrew Benattendi, they could sign Andrew Benattendi now. I don't think it's really Correct. about being connected to the past trades, and I don't even know if that was exactly it because I think it was like they had their choice of Benattendi, Devers, or Moncada. Like it was, it's a very odd report back then. I don't know exactly what the report was.
1: I'm getting. I'm getting a very like. Flow chart like choose your own adventure vibe from this yes. from the White Sox offseason right because you're talking about all these guys the the free agent market has been so active yep. that if there was a mid or lower tier free agent like you said and and they listen they went out and got Clevenger so like they 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 know they, I guess they know what they want to do mm-hmm. um, it it would seems they would have done it already right True. but remember Rick spent the entire winter meeting saying, well, we're waiting for all the free agent pieces to fall into place so we can go to the trade discussion. And it's like, maybe their thing is, all right, wait for the free agent discussion. Then down the flow chart, okay, now we can talk trades. Who are we going to get in a trade? If we get somebody, good. If we don't get somebody, go here. Like, is signing Ben Intendi or someone like him, maybe just way down on that flow chart. Like, they need to go through these other steps first in order to get to the point where they're willing to go after the mid- to lower-tier free agents because the ones who are flying off the market so far have been the upper-tier free agents, right? And
0: doesn't that seem Adam Eaton-y to you? Like, Jack Peterson was our guy, but he didn't want to sign for that number, so we went away from him and we signed Adam Eaton for a cheaper deal. And it's like, that gap, I think it was $4 million between Peterson and Eaton, should have just eaten it. You should have just had Peterson on the team, and you know he would have at least gotten you a trade piece like out of that. Like I don't know. I don't. I don't love the idea that they're waiting down the flow chart because I, I see that Ben Attendee has eaten potential.
2: Ooh, no, nah, I don't think that. That's that's a little far. But I I get it. I get it. Only
0: five home runs last year. Not that great defensively. Not the best athlete. Like I don't know. He might have
2: just been zapped. I don't think he's a douche though. You know, he okay, doesn't care about mortgages. He mortgage, might just be bad at baseball. doesn't care about mortgages and such. Um, I think that the White Sox, if they're waiting, like you're saying, to for things to go in the order that they want, free agency has gone off, you know, wildly. And then if they're waiting for the trade market, the Brewers have made like four trades already. <laughs> the Brewers are like, no, the trade is going, brother. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, John Heyman and other people who are saying the trade market's not where it's supposed to be. We're doing fine. We're doing awesomely. we got Wilson Contreras. Yeah, William exa- Well, Yeah, William Contreras. And so I don't know where the White Sox are shaking out. If they're waiting for, I don't know, these left fielders, these outfielders to suss themselves out and waiting for somebody else to sign one of these type of guys and so they can go and understand what the market is for that type of player and then strike because – I would just be proactive. You need a guy like they wanted with Clevenger. This guy fills out our rotation. This is great. Well, maybe they maybe their
1: targets for both left field and second base just aren't on the free agent market. Oof. Maybe those maybe they're like, listen, these guys that we're talking about and all going eh, and hemming and hawing about whether they'd be good fits or not. Maybe they did this two months ago and they're like, yeah, we want to trade for that guy well, who's really
0: good. Rick said at the GM meetings that one of the part one of the markets that they were waiting to play out for was the shortstop market. That really hasn't completed yet. Dansby Swanson's still available. So maybe that's why there's still guys available in that market just because no one's acting yet because Dansby Swanson might cause uh, a ton of dominoes to fall. I'm not really sure. Um, to I forget who asked the question, though, about Ben Attendee. Uh This is what Dave Dombrowski said. The reality is... They either wanted Ben Attendee or Mankata as the number one guy. Now, Devers' name came up after that, but it was clear that they wanted one or the other in order to stay in the conversation, and the next part of the conversation was Kopek. So um, it it was either Ben Attendee or Mankata. So I don't think that's the worst thought process. They love former first-round draft picks. They love former number over over on prospects
2: because they have that lineage. And we can see through Rick Hahn's uh, history... He rumored about a player, usually goes and gets him. Like, rumored about Lance Lynn in the 2020 season, went and got him in 2021. Rumored about Clevenger, went and got him. He was, uh, Benintendi was the other guy that they were sussing over him in Moncada. I can see Rick's like, man, I love the player. The player played decently out there in Kansas City where he was an all-star, but, you know, everybody's got to make the team, so he might not have been the all-star that uh, everybody would uh, say a left fielder is supposed to be. But if the White Sox ended up with Andrew Benintendi as their left fielder, I think he's better at defense than the, the metrics, say. And, yes, the power wouldn't be there, but I think you're improving the team. You're improving the team from where it's at right now, and I think you get Benintendi and maybe a second baseman. I was talking about this earlier with Vinnie Parisi. You're the best team in the AL Central on paper. And unless the Twins go and get Carlos Rodon, then it, there might be some talk. But – Benintendi and Segura that is not a huge ass for this team to get and that team I think through improvements with Pedro Grafal, through the the coaching staff through having an actual left fielder in left field and a second baseman play that is of Gene Segura's uh skill that team was competing for the AL Central Championship well
0: uh just to go on Benintendi's number uh or Benet, uh, Benetendi's no, number. Benetti, you can say? Benetti's number. Benetti Tendi. Um, Benetti Tendi. Twenty nineteen is the range that I'm going from. Twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two. Um, according to Statcast, out outs above average. Twenty nineteen, he had a minus ten outs above average, playing left field uh, with the monster. Um, in twenty twenty, it was one. Twenty twenty one, it was zero. Twenty twenty two, it was zero. So he might just be a a a a, a, a negative or uh, just a. a What's it called? Just average. Average, average. <laughs> defense. <thanks>. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Five-year deal for Andrew Benintendi? I'm no. good. Yeah, I don't I'm think so. I'm great on no. that. And I saw someone say 6-100. <laughs> that no, would be no. the
2: biggest no. contract in the White Sox history, and, and I would not want it to be Andrew Benintendi. No. He better. Yeah, he's more well, than that.
0: That's why Like that's why Who'd I have a feeling if they sign Benintendi, especially now hearing that Dombrowski quote, I am getting a little sick. Just because I do Getting feel sick. like I do feel like there's some Adam Adam Eaton potential here, and I just want them to avoid Andrew Benatendi. If if well, first out of Adam all, these there's, guys, there's a guy. I go ahead and go ahead.
1: Go ahead and sign somebody that has a little bit of Adam Eaton potential, but do it for one year. Don't go and give uh, for one year. Don't give Adam Eaton potential a five year contract. So I, I agree. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like. I I was—I don't even like a one-year deal.
0: So like now you're talking about five and six. You're out
2: of Benintendi. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That's who they're signing. I don't think he's (laughs) Benintendi.
0: Looking at all these players, like he is in the Tommy Pham and Andrew McCutcheon range, not really the Conforto and Gallo range. He doesn't really strike the ball a ton. Like I don't know, he's not that. He doesn't. I don't love his hitting. Uh, Who's
1: the best hitter on this list? Gallo. The guy who hit one at ninety last year is the best hitter on this list. Well, I think, no, my, according I think Mike to Weighted Runs, is. yeah,
0: according to Wade Runs Career Plus, it's it's Brantley and Conforto. They're both above one twenty, and then Pollock's at one thirteen. Gallo one eleven. uh are Andrew you putting Benissendi Pollock at in this list too?
2: Are We are we signing, uh, uh, not. I <laughs> just want to use him as a,
0: okay. a baseline <laughs> for for these numbers. All right, let's go to the next one. Andrew
1: Pollock turned down what Ele- $11 million, $11 million? Eight or? extra million dollars. Eight so extra 13 million. Yeah, $13 total. million, dollars and the White Sox maybe go sign him for a little less. Oh, yeah. We could go
3: rapid fire here with the last three?
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's right. rapid fire. Rapid okay. fire. Um, Bonus so round. These are the righties. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon.
0: Power, I put a check. Defense, I did not put a check. And uh, lefty, he is a righty.
2: I'm good. I'm really good. <laughs> you suggested the, his name. I know. this Because he's a possibility he's a left <laughs> fielder that the White Sox might think oh man he did well in Pittsburgh memory won that MVP we can get that guy back no that guy's gone that guy has been gone so I don't think he serves the White Sox and what they're what they're going for next year he's all right not great Jared says Joey Gallo
1: is so hard to get excited about Jared I think that's kind of the Main takeaway from this list of players. Uh, Yeah, I don't think you're going to see anybody on this list that's uh, easy to get excited about. Uh, Joey Gallo might end up being the best of the bunch. Maybe it's Adam Duvall, Joey. A very nice segue oh, there by hey, me. Oh, uh, <laughs> you? Rapid uh, fire. Uh. Adam Duvall has hit a lot of home runs yes, uh, uh, in the last few years. So, hey, you want some power? Go ahead. But again, it's a meh. It's an eh. Is it, is it going to happen again? I don't know kind of situation. Who's the best defender on this list? Is it Adam Duvall? It's
0: Adam Duvall. Mm. My biggest concern with Adam Duvall, he's also played the lowest amount of games on this list, tied with Michael Conforto for 330. So, his stat cast number no, Numbers, just wow um arm strength uh top 78th percentile outfielder jump top 75 percent uh tile outs above average top 88th percentile sprint speed he's 34 and he's got 65 percent speed there you go do um, it get go get adam Duval and, and max exit <laughs> velocity top 60 percent so um, i mean a great great athlete um and, and if I, we're I going by a uh good addition. we're going
3: by the sean grades here of the you know check check x there's one candidate that is Worse than the rest.
1: Yes, it's Tommy Fam. Oh, Tommy Fam, oh, um, three X's. He's out on Family Feud. Yeah, he's 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 three
0: strikes and you're out, buddy. Um, not good in the power department. Uh, he's the worst. Uh, yeah, he's the worst defender. He's worse than McCutche- McCutcheon, um, and he's not a lefty. So yeah. I would hate
2: Tommy Fam, and terrible at fantasy football too. Yes. So no, I'm fantasy Tommy football Pham.
1: enforcer Tommy Fam. Oh my
2: god. <laughs> You don't get his trade requests, his waiver request in time. You don't get slapped. Hey, Holy shit. Demand I satisfaction.
3: I forgot about that. That's insane. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and you want to maybe that too. should maybe that should be the logo. Oh, him slapping. Tommy Pham <laughs> slapping Jock Peterson. I don't think we got
0: a close enough picture to get the
1: actual,
2: you know, <laughs> like uh, defining. Slapping another person is like the ultimate disrespect. You could just punch him, which sucks too, but slapping is like, ugh. It's like I don't respect you as a person, so I'm just going to open hand slap your ass.
1: <laughs> I've never seen anyone more shell-shocked than Jock Peterson in that interview talking about that. Mercy. <laughs> it's just fantasy football. Um,
0: yeah, I'll, I'll pass on Tommy
1: Pham. Uh, out of the seven
0: guys we talked about, uh, is it, do you you want to put a, you know, do you want to? Who's be, number
2: uh, one? Yeah, who you? Who, you want Who's to stake our guy claim? out of these people. Yeah, I would put my if I was going uh, Gallo. Fuck it. Gallo, I think
1: Joey Gallo probably fills the most needs, as we showed with the checks and the X's and whatnot. I think Adam Duvall might be an interesting name to pick.
0: I think I think I'm not sure if Gallo or Conforto is my number one, but I think Duvall is my number two. <laughs> if that makes sense. So you've got a sense. one and a three. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. I got a one, three, and I'd like Duvall. Um, yeah, I, I think those. I think the lefties make sense if it's Gallo or Conforto. I think if they got Duvall, I think it would make sense too just because, I mean, there's a lot of interesting numbers there. Um, and KPW All the other guys, that- I think they're just, they, they missed out. If, they, if they're going to any of the other
2: four guys, they've missed out on KPW their guy. KPW says that Adam Duvall led the National League in RBIs in 2021, not too far away, so maybe still has a, a solid bat for them.
1: You know who led the American League in RBIs in
2: 2021? Mm-hmm. Jose Abreu. Carlton Fisk. This guy. Oh wow. <sighs> so um, I, I think about him all the time now. So sad, I didn't think it was going to happen. Do you think he's enjoying Houston? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not in Houston. He's just <laughs> yeah. there that that day and left because it's probably still hot there. He went down to Miami, and enjoyed his time. Um, Duval much didn't much play city.
0: uh Duval played under 60 games last year, so mm-hmm. uh, it's true. Natural, natural White Sox. I Natural White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinnie Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. Um, and we will. Uh, Duvall's thirty-four years old. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We might be with you this weekend for an emergency Please. podcast or a, Please. Uh, what's it called? An urgent, urgent po- podcast, an podcast. An urgent podcast. Um, if they sign somebody, you know where to find us at CHGO underscore white Sox. And uh, here on our CHGO sports YouTube channel, make sure before you leave, you hit the like button and subscribe. So you don't miss out on any white Sox coverage this weekend. And we have Blackhawks tonight here on CHGO sports. They're taking on the Vegas ah. golden Knights. So make sure you take, stay tuned uh, to CHGO sports today. Thank you for watching and go Sox.